Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the podcast with me, Jonathan Puddle. This is episode 90. Can you believe it? 90. We are almost to 100. I'm very excited to share this interview today with you. It is with Duncan and Kate Smith, who some of you may know very well, and some of many of you probably have never heard of. Duncan and Kate are the leaders of the church movement that I'm a part of. You might say denomination, but we're not really a denomination. We are a movement of churches within the charismatic world, generally speaking, called Catch the Fire. And our uh, some of our main values are the idea that you can encounter God, that God is real and experienceable, and when you encounter his love, uh, it, it's transformative. So the church where I serve as a children's pastor is part of the Catch the Fire family of churches. Some of you may have heard before I uh, worked at Catch the Fire Church in Toronto for quite a number of years. Uh, that was where I spent all the first part of my career before I uh, became a writer and podcaster. So Duncan and Kate are long-term friends of mine. They actually were my youth pastors once upon a time, a long time ago. I have taught their kids in kids ministry who you know their kids are now obviously grown up and have their own children so there's a long history of relationship here and I'm excited to share this with you today Duncan and Kate talk all about the Holy Spirit and they take their time to build up uh, to this so what we're really going to hear today is an explanation of the experienceableness of God and here we go Okay, so we were just chatting earlier about church and life and yeah. the Holy Spirit yeah. and Jesus. Mm. And, mm. and I, I think, had made the statement that I, that I, feel, I feel genuine compassion for people mm-hmm. who are in church, mm. yeah. have given their whole life yeah. to church because it's what they were told they were meant to do. Mm. I'm and so yet, sorry for them already. Right? Mm. Like, there's something about, even I was thinking the words of Jesus, like, uh, to Thomas, right? Blessed are you because you have seen. Yes. But some of you haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or, you know, obviously Jesus' words, you know, regarding all of us and so on. But but thinking about that in the light of, like, there are people who have been faithfully going yeah. through I would. I, it sounds like uh, to say going through the motions. It sounds rude, but like faithfully doing yeah. what they've understood yeah. the Christian life was meant to be, mm-hmm. and are now tired, yeah. are mm-hmm. hurt, mm-hmm. are uh, disillusioned, mm-hmm. not least because of the rest of the world and yeah. the political marriages of yeah. church and all kinds of things, yeah. and they're left going, okay, well, if this is all there is. Yeah. I think I'm done. Mm. And I I would tend to agree. Yeah. If that's all there is. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. If that's all there is, run a as fast as you can away from all of that. Mm-hmm. Just run. Yeah. Because all of that, in my humble opinion, is religion. And there's nothing more sinister mm. and more damaging to the human heart than religion. Hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Because 100%. It's so much about works. Yeah. You know, what we do 
what we have to do to maintain our approval before sure. God. You know, I have to read my Bible. I have to tithe and sow into the church. I have to serve after I've already worked, you know, 50 hours at my, you know, weekly job. Yes. I've got my children to take care of. But yet somehow it never feels enough. Right. So it's like this big hole in our heart that we feel like we don't check these things off. Then mm. are we acceptable mm -hmm. in God's sight? It's transactional. Correct. And you can never pay enough. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Because God's perfection as creator is on the other side of an infinite gap from us because we're the created. Yeah. And not only are we the created, we're the created who chose to disobey God. Well, not, not that we did necessarily, but our, our ancestor that God created us all in, Adam, chose to disobey God, rebel against God, and brought all of us into union with him, in his union with sin now. Mm -hmm. And with that, that, that fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, something that we were never created to eat. We were created to reach out and eat from the tree of life, which would have brought us into joyful mm -hmm. righteousness and holiness and excited uh, relational intimacy with God yeah. in his son Jesus, who really the tree of life was, you know, the was an exp uh, the, the first invitational expression of the Son of God right there in the garden. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they could have reached out and eaten of the tree of life, and that would have brought them into union with the tree of life himself. Yeah. But instead, they reached out and ate from the tree that God said, yeah. you shall not eat of that, because in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. And the moment they reached out and ate of that, mm -hmm. they came into union with the knowledge of good and evil which is religion in its perfect, in its most perfect, imperfect form, if you get what, what mm. I mean. Yeah. And immediately condemned, became condemned because their conscience, they became conscious of what is good and conscious of what is evil, but outside of the relationship with perfection himself, mm. the creator. It's a burden that we're not actually made to Correct. carry. Right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah, because yeah. if you think of, you know, prior to the fall, Adam and Eve walked with God in friendship and communion. Mm -hmm. They had this beautiful garden of Eden. They lacked nothing. They were naked and they had no shame. Yeah. And then suddenly when they ate of the fruit, they became aware of their own shortcomings, mm -hmm. covered themselves because of shame. And, you know, isn't that the age-old thing we that we're just continually totally. covering ourselves to hide the shame that I'm not good enough and I'm not enough? And, yep. and then suddenly, you know, work became toil. So yes. everything was about toil after that. So this mm. spirit of toil Ooh, so came upon mm. us where we've got to keep toiling. We've got to keep working harder. We've yes. got to be proving ourselves. We've got to be striving and whatever right. to, mm. to and seek a place of peace. Yes. And, and can I add into that, Dal, that in that moment, it says their eyes were opened, which kind of tells me they were shut in some dimension when it comes mm. to the spirit. And so, whereas before they were able to see and experience God, suddenly now they're confined to a realm where God has become invisible. Mm. And 
And now, because they're, they feel shame mm. for the first time, God is no longer tangible in the way that he was. Mm. Yeah. So now, all of a sudden, they're not sure if he really loves them, yeah. right. if he really wants them. Yes. And so, you know, together with all that guilt and that shame, now comes this whole thing of religion as an opportunity that the yeah. enemy uh, just really capitalized on where... You know, I can't see God. I can't feel him. I don't know if he likes me. I don't know if he loves me. Mm -hmm. I know I don't like me. I know I don't like, love me. <laughs> there it is. I hate myself. Mm -hmm. I know I've just, you know, I'm naked. I'm ashamed. Yeah. I don't like you either. You're naked. I'm ashamed of you. Spousal shame, yeah. as we like to call it. Don't we, <laughs> and all of a sudden now, it's like, okay, I'm going to have to do this, 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 and this. Because if I do those things, now God's going to have to like me. Yes. Yeah. Now you're going to have to like me. Yes. And I'm going to avoid doing this, 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 and this. Because I know if I do those things, you're going to hate me like I hate me. Mm -hmm. And God hates me. So now I'm like, that toil comes into mm -hmm. it, like you were saying. Mm -hmm. And boom, before we know it, our search for significance yeah. has turned us into a... Like a hamster on a wheel. Hamster on a wheel. Yes. Yeah. Henry Nouwen <clears throat> said, mm. original sin mm. is humanity's endless capacity for self-rejection. Wow. That's such an amazing quote. So true. And, then he, and then he goes what on a genius he was. to say, self-rejection is the great enemy of the spiritual life mm -hmm. because wow. it contradicts the voice that calls us the beloved. Ooh. Yes. Ooh, come on now. And if oh, two sentences goosebumps if, all over me. If two sentences were, <laughs> were enough, for sentence three, Ooh. he says, being the beloved yeah. uh -huh. is the core reality yeah. of yes. our existence. Oh yes. Well, see, Augustine defined the Trinity and said this, if God is love, which which he says in 1 John 4, 8 and 16, God is love. If God is love, then he must be Trinity. Because to be love, you must be a lover. Mm. The lover, not just a lover, the lover. You must be the beloved, mm. because you can't be love if you're just the lover. It's no it has to love. require participation. Right. Yes. yes. There must be a beloved. And then there must be the love that flowed has flown eternally mm. from the lover to the beloved and the beloved mm -hmm. to the lover. And when you think about how God made us in his image, he made us, created us to be beloveds in the beloved, in the love of the lover. Yes. Mm. Yes. Mm. And, and that think, is the antidote to religion. And I think so often we've not, We've not realized that God, the three persons of the Godhead, want to, mm. he wants to reveal himself to us. Mm. And, you know, so often in religion, it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bible. Yes. Not Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah, true and there's almost like oh. a misperception of who God fully wants to reveal himself. Because mm. the nature of the Holy Spirit, that the essence of love flowing mm. and you know, when we begin to get introduced to the Holy Spirit, not just as the little dove or just the force or just the thing we say, but mm. actually he's a person. Come on. And he wants to have friendship mm. that we actually don't realize that he also has a role to really reveal Jesus, reveal mm. the Father to us. Yeah. And he actually wants to speak to us. And I think so often in religion, 
we find it maybe hard to tune into God's voice or even know that he wants to speak to us. And when I think of, you know, understanding that we are the beloved, how do you know you're a beloved unless you can hear the beloved himself speaking to you with his voice in your heart? And I think so often in religion, we can second guess that God actually wants to speak to us. Mm. Yeah. I like the I like the the way you phrased that Duncan earlier that we move into this realm where we are we now can't see mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that distinction is important to me particularly mm. because I think the, a lot of the language that was commonly used in my growing up and and I think pre catch the fire pre our relationship, but also partly within that wider context was very much like God is now removed. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and I've, 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 I've had to reject the categorical removal mm-hmm. because it, I don't see that in scripture. Well, so it's she, not truth. Well, yeah, there we go. Right. I it's mean, just not truth. But, yeah. But there is a thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right? There is a, a reality, a false reality mm-hmm. that sin... I think the way, the way I've, I've taught people is sin blinds us yes. to the close presence of Correct. God. Yes. 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 And sin so we then us, live as if he is far away. Yes. Right. Sin gives us the consciousness of separation. Oh. Yes. Dunk is smiling because my children are coming in the door of the house. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Hey, Ruben. <laughs> Good to see you. How was school? Good. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Sin gives us the conscious sin created in Adam and Eve the consciousness of separation. Mm. Which, of course, when God then had to remove them from the garden, which I love how our pastor, John Arnott, has taught us, you know, years ago. I always had the picture of that moment being this awful, you know, tyrannical, you know, sort of Mm -hmm. sounding God who's like, you've you've done what? You know, throw you out of the garden, put that flaming sword, never come back, you're going to die, you know. That kind of angry, you know, um, sort of furious father. Mm. And, you know, John's like, no, that could not be any further from the truth. Because the reality of the moment was that, you know, God separated Adam and Eve from the garden in order to protect them. Because had they, now that they had come into union with sin, Mm. in that condition... Mm. If they had reached out and eaten of the fruit of the tree of life, they would have made themselves eternal, mm. but yeah. eternally condemned. Yes. And yeah. so God was removing them from access to mm. the tree of life until the tree of life himself was willing to become incarnate mm. in flesh and blood, mm. which he did 4,000 years later. Mm. And, and, and really, to me, uh, Jonathan is the, I've always called Jonathan, Jonathan, and I know he's pun, but, you know, <laughs> I've been his, we've been his pastor for So we'll have to take a little pause because <laughs> we need to contextualize something that Duncan just said and that I, that you will have heard in the introduction, but you, that you haven't really heard us admit to, yes. Duncan and Kate 
have known me since I was about 13 or 14 years old. Yep. (laughs) Uh, They have access and permission to a whole string of nicknames and events and memories that most people don't have permission or knowledge of. And so I've gone by PUD for a very, very long time. And... uh, yeah, so you can call me Jonathan or Pud or whatever you want. But we are oh, on the great. podcast. It's true. Yes, yeah. we're, we're on the podcast. We're on the podcast, so we're, and we're very honoured to Very honoured. And yes, we could say lots of lovely things about Jonathan. Absolutely. We could tell some tales, but yeah, he's always been a joker. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so I, for, I forget the I'm gonna. I don't remember how this was said, but St. Irenaeus, yep. one of the early church fathers. Yeah had this, uh, St. Irenaeus said something to the effect of even death itself Mm -hmm. is a merciful gift from the hand of the Father Mm -hmm. that we would not continue on in our blindness Mm. to him. Yeah, come on. And so for such a time as was required, death was permitted. Yeah. As a mercy. Mm. And and I think that's obviously very hard for us to... Like, there's a lot of theological stuff around that. And even just practical... Well, like, he was probably speaking from an eternal perspective. Well, there, there it is, right? Because yeah. we see death as so final. Right. We're so bound by our time and space reality. Yeah. But, if, but it's actually the true beginning. Well, and th- th- yeah, exactly. Not that we're to ever, you know... There's no question that Christ defeats death. Yes, mm-hmm. he... he crushed it but uh yes to your point i mean i think about methuselah you know 969 years can you imagine (laughs) resisting sin for 969 (laughs) years i mean you know can you even imagine living on this earth that long i mean our bodies you know we're in our 50s and we're already beginning (laughs) to feel that you know they're not as good as they were in our 20s i'm in my 30s and i'm feeling the same thing yeah 900 years of aches and pains can you imagine no 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 yeah surely we're designed for somewhere better than this we are so the tree of life yes that's the see the separation was overcome when, when the Son of God became the Son of Man so that the sons of men could become the sons of God. When the Son of God willingly became a human being in a virgin mother's womb yeah. and dwelt among us, mm. he ended the separation. Mm. God went from transcendence only to imminence. Mm. And has been with us. Has mm. been Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. He's yes. been Emmanuel. I love that. Yahweh. Yes. I am. Yes. Emmanuel. I am with, with you. you. Come on now. <laughs> exactly. Yes. yes. And when he said it is finished. That at the end of those six hours on the cross. In that moment. He was so completely perfectly one with us. Mm. Not just one with our sin but one with us as sinners, mm-hmm. one with us as humans. Mm-hmm. He was so perfectly now human. Mm. He'd always been human, 
from the moment he was conceived. But now he's so perfectly summed up and finished the entire sum total of what it meant to be Adam mm, yes. and died as the last Adam, Paul says in 1 Corinthians yes. 15. And when he said, it is finished, he was so completely in union with us yes. that the separation was forever finished. And he declared, it is finished. Amen. And from that moment, it was impossible for the father to raise him from the dead without raising us from the dead with him. Yes, yes. There's a, a thing I just heard in the last couple of weeks. I'm doing this course on the Gospel of John with an incredible group of scholars. It's like six teachers mm. once a week for 26 weeks Goodness. in the wow. Gospel of John. Wow. And, uh, I'd never, I didn't really know of this particular one of these teachers, Father John Bear. He's an Orthodox scholar and priest, but he's probably the foremost living expert mm. on the Gospel of John, God, and, and really? the broader patristic second century world. Yeah. And, he, and he, his unpacking of some of that language, he said, you look at the creation and it says, God spoke this into being, God spoke this into being, God spoke this into mm -hmm. being. It's just done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then there's a shift in language when God says, let us make... make. You know, at humans mm -hmm. in my in our image, mm -hmm. and so he says, rather than just speaking these things out, yeah. um, humanity is this longer term project yes. that Come God on. engages in, yeah. <laughs> and John Bear draws that into it is finished. He says that's Jesus's declaration that the project to create a human Ooh. in God's image wow. is now finished. Wow, that's profound. Yeah. My skin's all gone. Yeah. Yes, me too. Come on now. And that took hundreds of years to complete. When you think of the Garden of Eden mm -hmm. to the time that Jesus breathed his last and said, it, it is finished. Yeah. That's how much our Father in Heaven was dedicated yeah. to bringing us back so to good. himself. So good. That's it's just amazing grace. You know? Yeah, it is fun. And I think when you understand this is a gift. Yeah. It, all this is a free gift. We we don't have to earn anything. We don't have to work to earn. This is who we are. Mm. This is our new identity in Christ. Yeah. We've gone from rags to riches mm. just by simply believing yeah. in the name of Jesus. Come on. It's the gospel. Come on, yes. It's if I never participated in another church service ever again, yes. I'm still clothed in the riches yes. of Christ. Yes. Yes. Because he who knew no sin was made sin for me, that I might be the righteousness of God in him, which is Second Corinthians five twenty one. Yeah, that's scripture. <laughs> <laughs> it's not something I made up in my head. And it's, it's and it's not just for the pastor. No, mm. it's not just for the person ministering. Mm -mm. It's actually for me as a person sat in my home. Yes, like you said, if I ever manage to make it to a church gathering again or not yes that doesn't change this reality yeah that's who right. we are in christ that yeah. we are born again of the spirit yes mm. and you know i think often we stop at that we're born again but we're born again of the spirit yeah and those that are led by the spirit mm -hmm. so it's not just a one-time event those right. who are oh, led nice, by I the spirit that. are sons of god oh yes and so i think you know, if, if we don't understand that we're sons going on a journey being led by the Holy Spirit, we think 
it starts and ends with us just giving our life to Jesus and attending church. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, you've made me think of something. You know, Jesus said to Thomas when Thomas said, you know, where are you going, Lord? Yeah. And he said, you know, Thomas, and, and you know, show, show us the way, Jesus. And he says, Thomas, I am the way. Yes. The truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. And so, yes. of course, you know, Jesus said it is finished and ended Adam but the Father raised the Son from the dead and mm -hmm. raised all of us up with him. And the journey has begun again now into the Father. Mm. Yes. Led by the Spirit, the Spirit yes. of love himself. And so now we're on this journey of acceptance in the Beloved and listening to the Father's voice yes. and knowing the Father's, you know, love and going deeper into the Father's heart. Yeah. Yes. You know? And I think even just me saying sons, you know, I'm, I'm speaking to all the females out there. In this context, to be a son is that I'm like the firstborn. I am equal to a firstborn son as a woman Yes. to get the full inheritance. And if I think of Jesus, he's our older brother. He's the firstborn of all creation. He's the firstborn, yes. firstborn from over, the dead over creation. creation. Yeah. He's, but he was the he came as a son of God yeah. onto the earth. But he's like our big brother. But he has got the full inheritance because of who he is in God in the Godhead. But you know we have the same privileges yeah. because we are in Christ now. Yeah, and um, and so you know sons in ancient. Hebrew culture, they got two-thirds, the firstborn got two-thirds of the inheritance mm. to take care of the household after the father passed on. And so just think, you know, we've been given the biggest double portion inheritance right. to actually live on this earth, not to sit in a, a seat and warm a pew and just think that that's what Christian, Christianity is about, but actually to live a full life in Christ. Yeah. Mm. Yes. There's this uh, thing I just noticed in the first chapter of John where so, so, I forget, I read this yesterday, but it was like, someone's like, we've found the Christ, you know, we've found this one of whom Moses spoke of and so on. And, and, and yes. like, where, where, where is he or where is he residing? And Jesus, where, where Philip, are you going? Philip says, yeah. Jesus goes yeah. to find Philip and Philip yeah. finds the There's this whole thing. But, and, yeah. and, and it's like, where are you going, Lord? There's this constant questioning. Mm -hmm. Jesus, where are you going? Mm. And and earlier on, all he says is, come and see. Come and see. Yeah. Come and see. But then it, ultimately, he has a, one of these classic Jesus moments where it's like, you've been with me how long? <laughs> and you still don't understand. Phil, yeah. how can you say, yeah. what is the Father like? Yes. You know, Thomas, don't you? Like, I'm I yeah. am the way. Yeah. I, John Bear again brought up this language in, in the first verse of John where, you know, we have in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. He said yeah. the word with yeah. is a very specific kind of mm. verb oh, that wow. doesn't just mean like beside, mm. but that means going towards. Oh, I love that. And it's the same Greek that, that Jesus uses when he says, I am going to the Father. Yeah, come on. And so it's not just that in the beginning was the word and the word was close by God. Mm. But that, but that it's always aimed, moving, moving towards yeah. the Father. Yes, and and he said not only that, but that first word in the beginning is not a it's not a time based word. It's an authority based word. Yeah. So it's not like five thousand years ago was the word, but mm. in first place, yeah, is the word. 
Come on. Mm-hmm. And the word is going towards God. Yeah. Yes. And the word was made flesh. And tabernacled with us. And tabernacled yes. with us. And we beheld his glory. <laughs> the glory wow. of the one and only. Okay, so yeah. I want to tie this into how do we, how do we encounter that? How do we experience mm. that? Because mm-hmm. you've used the word, we've talked about religion, and you've presented a, another framework. Now, for some people, religion simply means, I believe in God. Yes. But I think especially in a more, in a, mm-hmm. if we're already in a, in a religious context, quote unquote, yes. then religion comes to represent the systems, the rules, yes. and so on. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're forming a delineation for us there. Obviously, yeah. we are talking about a, really, a belief in God, a yeah. belief in some higher power who gives us significance, who gives us worth and value. How do we experience that, especially if you're someone who thought they were living the Christian life? Mm-hmm. But if you're listening to this and your spirit is burning and you're like, that goodness I'm hearing, I haven't tasted. Yeah. yeah, Probably to no fault of their own. No. Yeah. How do we encounter this free gift experientially? Well, first of all, I believe, Jonathan, that we can't come to the free gift that's offered of life by God on our terms, where we define what that life looks like and we determine how that life is acquired or we determine who should acquire that life or not. Yeah. So we're more likely to disqualify ourselves if we took that approach. Yes. And we certainly would be anti-love and disqualify others. <laughs> and so it's really, really fundamentally important, I believe, that we approach the one who's offering the gift of life, and we approach it on his terms. Mm. We approach it on God's terms. But how do we know God's terms? And this is where it's easy to get muddled up between religion and the law of God. Religion, I believe, is human-made rules and regulations, rituals that are based on man somehow achieving the gift, Mm. gaining the gift or gaining the right. Currying favor with the divine. Yes. Whereas, you know, the true gift of life is about God coming to us. I remembered what I was going to say. I was just going to say that part where Jesus washed his disciples' feet. It starts with, um, in I believe it's in John 12 or John 13, somewhere in there. It starts with saying, Jesus, knowing that he'd come from the Father mm-hmm. and was returning to the Father, took a towel. Mm. You know. Come on, right? Come on. Washed. You know? Yeah. That's the journey. And so yeah. Jesus showed us in that moment yeah. the secret. The secret is coming to God on God's terms. Jesus constantly was aware, as a human, that the Father defined him. Hmm. And that the Father, that the, he had come from the Father. He proceeded from the Father. And so when we remember that, and we come to God and we approach him. And the, and the way God has chosen to approach us was first through Abraham, where he gave a promise 
to Abraham and all of his descendants and to bless Abraham. And then through Abraham would bless all the nations. Yes. He promised. So that was the first thing. The second thing was that he chose this people. And to, so then we get to Moses. And, and, and by this time now, the people of Abraham, the descendants of Abraham have become so numerous, but they're, they're in slavery by this time, 430 years later, in Egypt. And God comes through Moses, sends a deliverer, um, and through Moses, and, and, you know, ten awesome demonstrations of God's love and power for the Israelites, sets them free from this tyrannical uh, nation of, of slave masters, and a king who wanted to keep them forever in slavery, sets them free, delivers them, brings them into a wilderness, in order to bring them into the promised land, brings them into a wilderness where they could meet him mm. so that they could enter the promised land with a dynamic experience of himself as their freshest memory, mm. rather than their freshest memory being that they were slaves. Mm. Because he knew that they would soon quickly go into slavery with all the idols that were in the promised land, which was sure. the things that God purposed to you know, would be removed through them. Oh, and so God work here in this promised land. Maybe if we sacrifice to Osiris and Ra, it will be right. improved. There you go. Exactly. And so God reveals himself to them in some dramatic supernatural experiences that they have. And instead of responding in faith to God in that, they respond in fear. Mm. And they're like, oh, he's too terrible. We can't possibly have a relationship with him. This God and so then God hands them over to his law, which he has, an, and you know, the angel of the Lord mediates and gives Moses the written law that God's, that is God's law, that is not the law, that is the law to lead them to a consciousness of the reality that they need a Messiah one day. Yes. It's like a. Uh, it's like the training wheels of a bicycle. Right. And yes, and that's an accommodation. Right. For them. Exactly. It's an accommodation for them. It's a. It's. I mean, they're no different from any other race. I don't believe the ancient Israelites were no different from any other race. We literally are so convinced because we can't see God and we don't know him. We're so susceptible to the enemy whispering into and our own hearts condemning us to say, you're going to be separated forever, blah, blah, blah. God hates you, whatever. And so in order to help us, God gave us the training wheels of the law. But the training wheels of the law were meant to be taken off yes. when Christ came and, mm -hmm. and, and fulfilled you know, the requirements of the law so we can now ride the bicycle of relationship with God perfectly yes. without the wheels of the law to help us, to stabilize yes. us. Because now our consciousness is filled with Christ in Christ Jesus. And, and the law is written on our hearts. The, thank mm. you, Dar, exactly over to you. And I've again, I think enough. that's getting in touch with what's really going on in our heart. Yeah. Because so often I think Christianity can just be an intellectual experience mm -hmm. and not necessarily a connection with the person and the heart of God mm. in the scriptures. So as we read scriptures, we begin to ask God to reveal himself and his heart and mm. show us who he is. 
just like that example of Jesus washing his disciples' feet, mm -hmm. he was showing them that he came to serve yeah. rather than to be served. Mm -hmm. That his heart of love and compassion, not to say, I'm the big cheese, come and follow me, come and serve me, but lay your life, life down just like I'm doing. Yeah. Then you know, then people will know that you love them because you've laid your life down for them. So and good. I think as we begin to connect to the heart of God, the heart of the Father, yeah. that he wasn't this big, vengeful God, just like, I'm going to send my son to the cross and he's going to be brutally murdered for your sin. You know, Jesus gave his life yeah. as a sacrifice for yeah. our sin. And, you know, to, to see the relationship, I think, that Jesus had with his Father, when he walked the earth, where he said, I do nothing, say nothing without hearing and seeing what the Father is doing. Yes. So all the all the acts of love and the demonstration through the miracles and the healings. Yeah, the compassion. It was the heart of God, the yeah. compassion, the tenderness of God's heart being revealed mm. to that one person that was sick. You mm. know, I think about the, the woman with the issue of blood, you mm. know. I'm a woman, so I relate to that story particularly. <laughs> and, you know, talk about oh. the issue of blood, you know, that's, yeah. yeah. But she could not get well. Yeah. And she was considered unclean yeah. because yeah. of the blood. And Imagine and, that, 12 and she, months a year for 12 years. And she spent, yeah, and she spent everything she had. Mm -hmm. Imagine the hopelessness. Yeah. The, the way that she was shamed by society and people around her because she was considered unclean. Yeah. And Jesus himself, who was clean, touched the unclean lady and made her well, restored dignity and honor to her. And in an instant, she knew, yes. not because she was healed alone, but because Jesus looked at her and communicated so much worth to her in that yes. moment. Yes. I mean, that's the heart of God. That it's we the heart see. of God, yeah. She, she's not even given a name in I that know. story. Isn't that amazing? Jairus yes. is named, mm -hmm. and yeah. Jesus is on his way there to an important mm -hmm. person who gets his name in the story. Yeah. And Jesus calls that woman daughter. Mm. Yes. It's the only Lovely. name she's given. Lovely. The only name yeah. we need. Yeah. yeah. So this is interesting because what you mm -hmm. said to me and the question was, how do we kind of come to experience this? And you mm -hmm. said, Duncan, we come to God on God's terms. Yes. Which I think many of us would be trained to hear, we have to do all the right things. Mm -hmm. yeah. But what you've just unpacked is that God's terms look a lot more like, I'm already right here with a towel around my waist. Yes, mm -hmm. come on. Yeah. So yeah. maybe coming to God on God's terms looks more like us coming to Jesus, taking our dirty taking sandals off, off yeah. so we can be washed. Yeah, um, that's good. I love then that. jumping that's through really the hoops. Awesome, Jonathan. Um, mm -hmm. Then, then. Yeah. 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 Very much so. And you know, I think about. Um, I sort of was coming towards part B of my answer, so to speak, is that. Once we've surrendered to the reality that God has a right to give a perfect law to us and expect us to keep that perfect law, and the reason he gave it to us is so that we could discover we can't, yeah. and therefore we need him to fulfill that perfect law, mm. 
that's when we begin to start to truly reach out to him for the gift, first of all, the gift of his son, Jesus, yes. to fulfill the law, who fulfilled the law for us and brought us into union with himself. But then also the second great gift of the Father, and that is he's given us of his very spirit. Mm. He gives us the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Like Kate said, he fulfilled what he promised in the law in Jeremiah 36, 26, when he said, I'm going to take out of you your heart of stone, that stony heartedness that just finds it's just has no capacity for relationship with me. And I'm going to give you a brand new heart, a heart mm. of flesh, mm. a pumping yeah. heart that's vibrantly excited for Jesus, for God, mm. the Father, for Jesus, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give that to you as a gift. And I'm going to put my spirit in you. I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit. And I'm going to put my law, instead of being training wheels on the outside, I'm going to put my law in your heart. Yes. So that you know. What, what this is the way walking it. You don't have to reach out and eat from the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that's on the outside of you. Mm -hmm. sure. I'm going to put on the inside of you this, this, this constant knowing yes. of what is the right way because my very spirit is going to be in you. And it reminds me of Jesus in John 21, in tw John 20, 21, where Jesus appears to his disciples after he's risen from the dead and he says to them, as the Father sent me, so now I send you. Mm -hmm. And then he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And then he says, whoever sins you forgive are forgiven. Whoever sins you do not forgive are not forgiven. Not only does he tell them, you're, by implication, your sins are completely forgiven now. In fact, that's no longer the big deal of life. The big deal of life is now your sins are forgiven. I'm sending you on a mission mm -hmm. to the world where you are going to be as good news to the world yes. as I have been. Wow. Right. As Israel was intended as and invited right. to be. Exactly. Right. The yeah. new Adam, the new Israel, the whole bit. Correct. Yes. You're in me. I'm in you. We're in the Father. Yes. And now I'm sending you on a mission. And by the way, for that mission... Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm. And then he upgrades our status to his status with him by saying the unthinkable, whoever sins you forgive are forgiven, whoever sins you do not forgive are not forgiven. We will take a quick break to thank all of my patrons. Thank you to everybody who is a supporter on Patreon.com. You can become a patron and support the show at Patreon.com slash Jonathan Puddle. You can give for as little as $3 a month uh, or much more if you'd like to. And you'll be keeping this show afloat. You'll be sewing into all the work that I do. And you'll be helping push forward messages of hope and grace and love, which is what the podcast and my writing is all about. So thank you to everybody who chips in each month. It is such a blessing. Much appreciated to all of you. Let's get back to the show. Which, which when you think about Luke 5, where the guy was lowered down, on the paralyzed man was lowered down in front of Jesus, and Jesus said, Son, mm -hmm. your sins are forgiven. Yeah. And they're like, what? You know, the Pharisees are all around thinking in their hearts, yeah. how dare you say yeah. your sins are Only forgiven? God can do it. Only God has authority on earth to forgive. And Jesus says, knowing their thoughts, what's easier for me to say? Son, your sins are forgiven? Or Rest. pick up your mat and walk. 
And then you could just imagine his fiery eyes and without them even answering, because it's totally rhetorical, he says, son, pick up your mat and walk. And the man rolls up his mat and walks out, yes. you know, and proving that Jesus is God. Yeah. And, and yet he tells us now, that you we have, the authority have that to authority for, yeah, wow. to forgive sins because you are now the representation mm. of me. Yes. Wow. Then and I came to represent the Father. Now you come to represent the Father. And the appropriate number of sins to forgive yeah. is all the sins. <laughs> exactly. All. Yeah. 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 We're the living headquarters yeah. of, of the yes. Trinity on, the earth. on yeah. the earth. Yeah. Yes. You know, that we carry him. We host him now. <laughs> yes. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Yeah. I heard this just the other day connected to the Emmaus Road. Mm. Jesus walks with these guys. They, they don't know who he is. Mm -hmm. Isn't that amazing? He, he starts to unpack the scripture, yeah. pointing to himself all through their Hebrew <laughs> scriptures. Yeah. They sit down and break bread. Their eyes are opened yeah. and poof, he's gone. Why does yeah. he disappear? Because now they're the living incarnation of the body of Christ. Oh, I like that. That's yeah, good. Yes. And by the way, it was them, not one of them. Yeah, Because that's right. actually that's... The, it's a communal... Yes. We are That's in the Christ. uniqueness. The thing is, is that although we've been made one with Christ, there's not one of us that can fully manifest Christ. That's good. We as a community manifest yes. Christ. Yes. The fullness can only... the full, the Son of God is the only one who can fully reveal the Father yes. himself. Mm. Yes. Mm -hmm. For us, we manifest the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to the world, but only if we're willing to be in community with each other. Yes. Yes, yes. that's good. The body. Which, which, is, which is John, 1 John, 1 yeah. John 4. We love because he first loved us. If any of you hates his, his brother... brother Yes. You are a hypocrite. You, you are do not have, yeah, you, you are a liar, liar and don't have the love of God. If you say that you love God, you you can't see. Yes, and the love of the Father's not in you. Yeah. yeah if you yeah. love God, if you say that you love God, who you can't see, but you hate your brother, you are a liar, and the love of the Father's not in you. No. So wow, like that to me is a is a valuable and valid reason to go to church. Mm -hmm. It's a valid reason to be the church. Well, yeah, there we go. Yes. So, in talking in cultural language of today, <laughs> yeah, I'm, yes. I'm kidding. I know, but, but it's an important distinction yeah. that we are the living body of Christ on this yes. earth. Yes. That we are the bride. That we are the temple. That we are the tabernacle where God makes His presence. Yes. And that has given me a useful reason mm. to turn up somewhere on a Sunday morning. Come on. And yep. celebrate that fact yeah. with like-minded individuals that yeah. I am practicing love on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I, I mean, you guys know. I mean, we left church for ten years. At no mm -hmm. point did we leave God. Mm -hmm. But we had we had to go through that journey to get that a lot of that stuff purified out of our system yeah. Yeah. and out of our thinking. Yeah. yeah. But we turned up at at a congregation one Sunday morning. Yeah. And I, I wasn't going to catch the fire church. It, it sure was. <laughs> Just nearby, in fact. And I, and I, felt, the I felt that voice of the Spirit say to me, Jonathan, yeah. these are the ones I want you to love. Oh, mm. come on. And so, come on. So well, great. Come on. There we are. 
And so there you good. go. That there's something about serving others when we come together. Yeah, because although we it. are the body of Christ, mm -hmm. and we can exist in small house church, or we can do online church, but actually the coming to, together and celebrating and honoring and loving on Jesus together, there's mm. something in the corporate body. Oh yeah, more than just two or three. He's gathered when yeah. there's two or three, but when there's more, we say it's like there's an open heaven over each of our heads because we're already seated in Christ. So when we come together in community, it's like there's even more of a, an open heaven. It's there's a fat pipe. There's a fat pipe. There's like a, <laughs> there's something that God wants to do on his people. Yeah. Just when I think of the disciples gathered in the upper room. Mm. You know, the day of Pentecost when they were waiting, they were hungry. And all of a sudden, Kaboom. there was a rush of the Holy Spirit that wow. came on them as a group of people yes. gathered together in one spirit, one accord. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, boom, they had this tangible experience, an encounter of God Ooh. like they'd never felt it or seen it. Yes. And I think mm. there's something in that dynamic when we realize that going to church or coming together in a, a Sunday gathering yep. it's not about, well, you know, I'm doing this to please God. I'm coming because I'm, I'm sensing that God actually wants to pour out something on us mm. together. There's something that God wants to do among us that he simply won't do on our own. Mm. Not because he can't, he can, but he wants to dwell among us yes and it's not just me and jesus yes and yeah. because he's chosen paul says it so so brilliantly in 1 corinthians 12 and 1 corinthians 14 where and of course 1 corinthians 13 the famous love passage right in the middle of the sandwich but he talks about the multiple gifts mm -hmm. and you know there's if i don't join you jonathan if kate and i don't join you and maya we, we're not bringing the diversity of gifts mm. that we carry that are unique. And their very uniqueness mm. is what makes them such a love gift to you guys. Yes. Yes. And if I don't come to be with you, I'm actually hindering you from enjoying something of God that you can only enjoy through being with us. That's right. And when you multiply that out... Mm -hmm. Bring it on. Let the church mm. be a hundred. Let it be a thousand. Every tribe, be every 10, gender, 000. every language. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, in fact, you could argue that the bigger the church, the more numbers, the purpose of, the, the, the greatness of it is actually the full enjoyment of the largest possible diversity. And of course, true unity is not conformity. It's, it's, um, it's celebrated diversity. Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah, which... Which feels like kind of the heart in terms of even just in our movement mm -hmm. of our approach to many things, but even but even just like specifically like women in ministry yeah. and uh, like we don't have these conversations, mm -hmm. and and it was a shock to me mm -hmm. that there are entire groups of churches having these conversations. Yes. Like, do we allow women to preach? Yeah, and like. If, the, if we ever had that conversation, it was well before like my any time here, it, right, any of us came here. I mean, yeah. I've seen every race and gender and color under the sun on our stages uh, sharing the love of the Father. Yeah. 
And when people say, you know, well, what's your justification for that? I'm like, well, do you want the like the five minute version or like the forty five minute version? Because it's kind of like, like yeah. it's kind of a given. Those were all meant to be here. Like, yeah. Why are you asking me? Oh, uh, I wonder if it's because the founders of our movement yeah. were in their late thirties when God called them, and John particularly felt very disqualified. He'd been to Bible college when he was in his early twenties. He was all ready to be a pastor, and then. You know, he got married, went into business for a season, and then his first marriage blew up. Right. And we're talking back in the 70s here, right. you know. And mm. marriage was one of those things that, was a, you know. Yeah. Qualifier. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you if you were a divorcee, that was the end of it, yeah. you know. And 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 then, so, you know, then he meets Carol, who who's just recently, you know, experienced, a, a, was radically born again with an amazing experience with Jesus. And the two of them, you know, get married and they go to Indonesia thinking that they were just going really for a month's vacation to meet a pastor friend of theirs. And when they get there, you know, he's organized a month of preaching for them. John's only got one sermon, you know, and he preaches all over the islands for four weeks. They're completely undone by love. They're on the airplane coming home to go to, you know, uh, back to Toronto, and the Holy Spirit speaks and says, John, I want you to go and plant a church in Carol's hometown of Stratford, mm. start a new church. And John told Carol, and, and I think the Lord's told me this, and they're both praying on the plane saying, mm -hmm. Lord, surely not. Like, we're divorced, you know? Sure. Like, you can't use us, you know Lord, that, maybe right? you didn't get yeah. the memo. Yeah, and, and, um, and they're praying, and, and John's musing with the Lord, and, and he said, Lord, you know, um, who would ever want to come to a church, you know, that a divorce couple are leading? Mm -hmm. And the Lord said, well, people like you. <laughs> there it is. And there it is, you know. And then John's talking late, later on to, you know, a dear friend of his that was his mentor. And he said, when are you going to plant that church? And he said, he shared with him the story, funny enough. I've just, you know, this is what God said. And... Um, and he's, he was chatting with him and he said, look, nobody's going to want to come to my church. And his friend said, look, John, 50% of the population of married couples have divorced. Yeah. Go reach the other half. Yeah. Yeah. Go reach the other 50%. Yeah. Go reach all the broken people that nobody in the church is currently reaching. Yeah. So that's how John and Carol started. And I think because it was started by John and Carol, mm -hmm. and because it was started for everyone who thinks they're disqualified. Mm. Yes. I think that's why our movement is just so full of love mm. and is led by couples yes. all over the world. Yes. Well, and also it was very much that they were called to do something and that was to love people. Yes. And that was the beginning of their ministry. It was really about laying down their life yeah. and loving people, yeah. loving the broken, yes. loving those lost teenagers that were stuck in the drug culture, yeah. that sort of thing their hearts and their home was open. Yeah. And that's the purest expression of this Christian life is how yeah. we love one another. Yeah. And so sometimes yeah. I think we can get disconnected when we gather in a large congregation. You know, this is the way we do it. If we only have the Sunday experience mm. of the body of Christ, I think we miss the purpose of what Jesus was talking about. Yeah, that's good. Like, where I Jesus agree. would go into people's villages, people's homes. He would eat food with them. Yeah. He would meet them where they were at. Yes. Yeah. You know, 
just think, Jairus's daughter was raised from the dead. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. It doesn't say Jesus went around preaching. It says Jesus went around doing good. Doing good. Yeah, doing good. <laughs> doing yeah. good. So good, isn't it? That's a really good point there. Multiplying fish. Yeah. That somebody then had yeah. enough money to live on and they could they had a feast and yeah. You know, met met people where they were at. Powerful. I think one of the things just to really add part three to the <laughs> uh, whole journey of the experience being, you know, what what the Lord has given to us. I honestly think that God never wants to separate himself from his works. Hmm. He never wants us to separate the reality of who he is yeah. with what he does. Okay. So you see the psalmist in Psalm 119, verse 67, he says, you are good and you do good, therefore I'll obey your commands. Hmm. In other words, your commands are easy for me to obey when I remember that you're good and mm. that you do good. Sure. Mm. And that every command, therefore, is motivated for me to experience your goodness. Yes. Number one. Number two is that Jesus says to Philip, when Philip says, right after Thomas said, you know, show us the way and that'll be sufficient for us. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. And Philip goes, oh, seriously? You mean you're not the father? Well, show us the father and that'll be, that's all we want, okay? In other words, he's such a zealot. If you're not the real deal, which we thought you were, but if you're saying you're not, sure. and the father's the real big deal, like he's the destination, then, then let's just, just cut to the chase and, and just show us the father and that'll be sufficient. Mm. And Jesus says, Philip, you, you sort of quoted it earlier, Philip, have you not, have I not been with you for so long and yet you still don't know me? Don't you realize if you've seen me, You've seen the Father. And then he says an interesting thing. He says, if you don't believe me on account of my works, mm. then believe me on account of my works. Wow. For the works that I do are not my own, but it's my Father who lives in me, mm. who does his works mm. through me. And then he says these extraordinary words. And I literally don't think you can live a normal Christian life without these words being your passionate desire to, to see them fulfilled. He says in verse 12, John 14, 12, truly, truly, I say to you, the word is amen, amen, hmm. I say to you. Which John does a bunch of times. He does, doesn't Pay he? Pay attention. This That's is right. the big deal right here. Yeah, yeah. Amen, amen. Whoever believes in me, not only will he do or she do the things that I do, but even greater works will they do in my name because I go to the Father. Mm. And so I think a church that is full of religion is almost 100% devoid of miracles. Mm. And that's where you know that it's not the right place for you. Mm. Because we were created not for religion, but for relationship with Jesus. And relationship with Jesus is a life 100% mm -hmm opportunity for miracles yes. to be your daily experience and it's and it's open-ended it's open-ended right whereas religion yeah. is specifically closed yeah. wow control yes mm. we can't handle that risk right yes but these and greater works yeah oh yeah endless endless yeah yeah can you imagine and that's like that, like to me that's 
the our universe is still expanding. Yeah. The physicists tell us this. Yeah, it's because God's still opening his hand. Right? Like the expression of God's life yeah. is, is yeah. growing and is meant to grow. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, our faith so walk with Jesus. Yeah. We're meant to grow. And, you know, scripture talks about we go from glory to glory. There's like, there's nothing stagnant. There's mm. a progression in mm. our walk. Lovely. You know, we, we say we're followers of Jesus because we're following him. He, he keeps taking us into more, more expansion in his kingdom. What an adventure. Really is an adventure. Seriously. There's nothing boring about it. No, there isn't. There's literally nothing boring. I mean, Kate and I have collected three citizenships on this journey. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> That's something unique and special. No, sorry, so, I misspoke. I have two. Okay. My children, children have three. They do. So, so they've got... My children are at your level. So they've got... New Zealand, Kiwis. That's right. Finland, Finnish, and from Canadian. And Canadian. Yeah. Finnish for themselves because they were born there. That's amazing, isn't yes. it? All three of them born there. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, Kate and I, you know, we we were both. Uh, I was born in Nigeria, but I was born to British parents, mm. and so I was regi registered in in Lagos to the High Commission, uh, British High Commission. So I was born a British citizen, and I'm a white man. Even though I'm a, really a black man trapped inside this white skin, I like to say, you know, because I'm really Nigerian. But Kate, You're quite we're both British. Diverse and unified <laughs> all at once, aren't you? We're both British. Yeah. We moved to Canada in the call of God, and then we moved to America in the call of God and became Canadians and Americans. And, mm -hmm. yeah, it's funny because now in the middle of COVID, we're able to be sat here, you know, with you on. On podcast. In person. In person. In person. Because yeah. they just quarantined. We for just, 14 days on we, our own. Just, just for you guys. We finished <laughs> yeah, the quarantine. <laughs> and um, yeah. So, I mean, who'd have, who'd have thunked it that, um, you know, God had adventure. Yes. Yeah. And I think, you know, taking stock of our lives for those that even are just listening and just like, well, my life doesn't seem adventurous like that I, I haven't experienced God in this way I I didn't know that there was an endless sky for me you know it's it, it's kind of confronting and challenging but you know, it's just very simple you know yeah. tune in again to the voice of God yeah let him begin to tell you that he loves you and has got a plan for you yeah that's going to give you life yeah it's going to bring you joy yeah and you're a son or a daughter in his household. Yeah. He's got good gifts for you. He has. And he may well electrocute you. He just may because well. He's powerful. <laughs> I, I'm thinking about, you know, so many, so many times yeah. where we've waited upon him and we've done what in our movement we call soaking and where we're just waiting in the presence of God we can't see him. We can't feel him. We're just lying down. Mm -hmm. We maybe put a little music on something, you know. Um, Easy listening. Yeah, some instrumental music or whatever, anointed instrumental music. And then all of a sudden, as we just wait in his presence, he comes. Mm -hmm. Because he delights to come. Because he's real. He's not a figment of our mm -hmm. imagination. Mm -hmm. He's not the emptiness in silence. Yeah. He's the God who's incarnate who loves us, and he loves to come and enable us to feel his presence. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And wants to fill us in all five of our senses, yeah. and he does. We can taste him, we can smell him, 
we can feel him, we can hear his voice, and we can see him all yeah. by the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. And that's where it starts to seriously yeah. get exciting. And if I think of how Jesus <laughs> breathed on his disciples and said, <laughs> receive the Holy Spirit, uh -huh. God Come tangibly on. wants to breathe on us. Yeah, what would that look like? What would that look like? The, I mean, like you said, your senses are suddenly going to be awakened to some stirring. <laughs> I, think the, I think the moment when the resurrected Son of God, freshly raised from the dead, breathes on you and says, receive the Holy Spirit, you probably will have a manifestation. Probably. <laughs> You're probably thinking afterwards, after you've got up off the floor after six or seven hours of electrocution, thinking to yourself, wow, I'm really glad I survived that. <laughs> I mean, people people look at charismatics from the outside, yeah. and when yeah. you don't understand the love yes. that you have just taken fifty yeah. minutes to yeah. explain, right? It looks weird. It does. Uh -huh. And when when there are other things on the outside that get married in mm -hmm. um, prosperity preaching, oh yeah. Um, mm -hmm. kind yeah. of name it and claim it, the, the, the ugly side of that, yeah. where it's yep. kind of like, I get to be in charge of everything, mm -hmm. uh, and it's my will. Sounds and like it, another form of religion, Jonathan. Well, well there it is. Mm -hmm. But when we look at mm -hmm. the scriptural narrative in Acts, yeah. um, you, you suppose these men are drunk. Mm -hmm. Yes, come on. Can yes. we get drunk on love? Yeah. And what if it looked more like being drunk on wine wow. than less? Yeah. Would you guys pray for us to yeah. encounter that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think It'd also be be before we pray, I just I was just feeling that you know so often we we observe maybe we've seen this or we've we've heard about it and we think it's emotionalism mm. that oh they're just getting hyped. Mm. But, you know, so often it's like I would rather be drunk with love and joy than live an existence where I think it's God's best, but I'm miserable, I have no peace, and I feel empty of the true life that Jesus gave. Yeah, exactly. Because Jesus created, God created our emotions. Mm -hmm. He created us to feel love. Mm -hmm. You know, if I just loved you... Duncan, mm. just because you were my husband, I mm. said, I'm going to choose to love you. Mm. And we just chose to love, but there were, there were no gushy feelings. Oh my gosh, love. There would be, be so much missing. It would. And I think God wants us to feel his love. Yeah, that's so and good. So yes, he does. We just mm. want to release that mm. on and pray that over Ooh. every person that's watching, listening, not watching, <laughs> watching with your Holy Spirit eyes. But May God himself just mm. overwhelm you with his love mm. as you allow him to come and awaken your heart and allow him to lead you on a journey into his life and his love. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, thank you so much. Thank you for the immeasurable gift of your son, Jesus. Yeah. Thank you that the greatest love ever demonstrated in the universe was the moment that you sent your son into yeah. the world because you so loved us all. Yeah. And you demonstrated your love for us in this way, that while we were still in a complete mess, totally in union with sin and utterly 
disgraceful, so to speak, in, in our own eyes, let alone the eyes of anybody else or maybe yours. I thank you that you did not consider that condition to be mm. how you wanted us to be left for eternity. But Lord, you came and yeah. you demonstrated your love for us in this way that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And I thank you yeah. for every listener right now that everyone, mm. Christ died for each one each one of us. And so right now, I thank you, glorious Father, that we can know you, tangibly, experientially know you in the Son of God, in our union with the Son of God Mm. in his resurrection. We can know you. And I ask you that you would fill us all with the Holy Spirit Mm. and that it wouldn't be a theoretical, like Mm. Kate was saying, an empty determination, like a wife trying to love a husband or a husband trying to love a wife and just leave it devoid of all feeling. Lord, I'm asking you Mm. that you would give each of us and each of the listeners now on this wonderful podcast, I'm asking you, every listener right now, Holy Spirit, fill them. Holy Spirit, anoint them. Holy Spirit, electrocute them. (laughs) Lord, just crash in in your love. Thank you that, Holy Spirit, you are the very love of the Father and the Son, the eternal flame of love, the eternal fire of love. Baptize, immerse Mm. every listener right now in your love. Let them tingle with love. Let them get goosebumps with love. Let them have love in the deepest part of their Mm. Noah. Let every person who doesn't feel a thing, let them just know in their Noah that you love them. Lord, it's all about you. Lord, we come to you on your terms. Crash in on us on your terms. In Jesus' name, amen. Come Holy Spirit. Abba! Oh, oh yeah, more Lord. <laughs> more Lord. Whoa. <laughs> That's it. Take everyone of everyone listening right now. Take a deep breath of the Holy Spirit in. He's more real than the air we breathe. Yeah. He's more real than any human being. Don't be afraid of the silence or be afraid that he might not be there. He is the imminent, transcendent Mm. God. Mm. Woo. Woo. He's closer than our very flesh. And he's not ashamed of us. Hmm. Oh. God is now forever a human. <laughs> or maybe it's that, whoa, we're now forever what it truly means to be human in him, mm. who is eternal God. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Amen. Thank you to Duncan and Kate Smith for joining me for this. It was fun. Actually, we did that in person. They had just come out of quarantine. They had come up to Canada uh, for a pastor's retreat, and so they came straight out of quarantine to my house, and we were able to do that in the living room. That was special. 
Duncan and Kate have their own podcast that you can listen to. It's called Into the Fire. You'll find that linked in the show notes. You can also search for it where you find your podcasts. Duncan is the author of a book called Consumed by Love, How Oneness with Christ Changes Absolutely Everything. That book is being republished right now, so you can still find some copies of it on Amazon. But if you can't find any, I believe it will be coming out again under a new title in the near future. But you'll find their podcast and Duncan's book linked in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening, my friends. I hope that you are finding grace and peace rising to meet you each day. I know this season remains difficult and stretching for all of us. I know that God is with us, and I hope you can sense and feel him with you too. Thank you so much for being a part of this, and we will see you next week.